3: The Larson family has been farming hay in Idaho for generations with a mission to always provide high quality hay products at a fair and reasonable price. Larson Hay loves to meet new customers while always honoring the ones they already have. Find Larson Hay on the web at larsonhay.com, like them on Facebook, and definitely visit one of their locations. Larson Hay, Idaho's finest alfalfa, and our television broadcast sponsor. Thank you for joining us on the Horse Talk Show this week, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in the CEP Equine Studios downtown, looking at an interesting show coming up. We've got some news for you to start with, followed by Dr. Adam Kayot from Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Then we have a couple of segments to discuss the Mustang makeover that's coming here to Ocala the horse capital at the end of the month and then we're going to finish up with some epic for you uh, and uh, talk a little bit about one fantastic foal so I hope you'll enjoy the show and stay with us through the end. Um, Starting off with we have a couple of announcements that we're going to make Um, as we have been sharing with you for the past um, several weeks Jenna Rivera's family has been going through some health challenges that are costly. And we would like to help as much as we can. The Florida Horse Park, who we are a media sponsor of and support uh, greatly and work with a lot and think that um, Jason and his team and Kim are fabulous. Um, And they have helped Jenna Rivera to set up a 5K run with a one-mile option on May the 8th. Uh, of this year and that is again as I said at the Florida Horse Park from 9 to 12. Registration begins at 8am. It's $25 for a participant. Groups are welcome. If you'd like to support from a distance and you can't attend this event, donations may also be sent in via PayPal to Jenna Rivera so you can um, find all that information online and all proceeds will directly benefit the Rovera family. So for more information um, the number there is on the screen to contact them and find out anything else you'd like to know. But if not you can register at 8 a.m. on May 8th at the Florida Horse Park and join in. Sounds like a good event right? Uh, also coming up we have our monthly CEP equine initiative meeting presented by Parana and we are thrilled that this month's meeting is combined with Havana 101 that is April 21st at 2 p.m that is a Thursday and that will be at the Gypsy Gold Horse Farm 12501 Southwest 8th Avenue and this is the number one thing to do on TripAdvisor in North Central Florida usually ranking somewhere between 11 and 13 in the entire state including all of the Disney parks, Epcot, etc., Universal and all that. So a very popular tour spot where you get to see the Gypsy Vanna horses and also the Mule Mums, some donkeys and, of course, some loud birds they have there at the Gypsy Cold Farm. But it's great because you get to visit all and you get to meet Dennis Thompson, Him and his um, late wife, Cindy, were the first people to ever bring Gypsy Vanners to America. They brought 16 of them. They dealt directly with the Gypsy camps and even visited the Appleby Fair, which is very rare for any Americans to get to do. And they actually were the ones who got the Gypsy Vanna breed registered and named the Gypsy Vanna breed. So pretty exciting place to go and to get to meet uh, many of the descendants of the first horses that they actually brought over here to America. So I know you'll love Love, love that meeting. So um, the Extreme Mustang Makeover is coming to the horse capital April 28th through the 30th. And there is a public schedule online that you can look up. Friday, there's some activities and Saturday. And um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's very exciting to watch these horses. Um, they've only been, uh, with their owner for just a few months. And um, will actually be then up for adoption or purchase after the extreme makeover, but you get to see what these horses have learned from the wild to this point when they actually compete. And uh, it's an incredible event to watch and to see America's horses um, turned into these domesticated animals that actually have skills uh, and a future. So I love that. It shows just how versatile the Mustangs are. So I certainly hope that uh, you will join in and come to the Southeastern Livestock Pavilion and enjoy that Mustang makeover. So uh, skipping off to some news this past week, the ACHA 2022 National Convention was here. I uh, hope you can see that, there you go. Um, and I had the honor of um, being connected to them via the Visitors Bureau here, Corey Locke connected us. ACHA stands for American Collegiate Horse Association. And having been connected to Catherine Cerny and her team, we worked uh, all together to help connect everybody um, with this amazing group. And one of the things I was really impressed with, 70-plus students from 18 to 22, every single thing I saw them engaged in, they were actually paying attention, asking really intelligent questions. They were fascinated by so many of the stops here in the Horse Capital how much they learned was amazing. I got to know many of them who, by the way, shout out for Sammy um, and Michaela, who I met, um, who listen to the podcast faithfully and never travel any kind of distances in the vehicle without tuning in. And uh, and so Sammy, thank you for sharing that with me. Also met um, the Chris Lips, a lovely couple uh, that um, the wife's pre-med and uh, the husband wants to do some therapy um, and, and with horses. It was just wonderful to meet them. Yes, there they are. Uh, lovely, lovely couple. Really, really enjoyed meeting them. Um, real pleasure. That's actually when I just received my gentle carousel Easter basket for helping uh, get Sweetheart up to number two in the rankings to be the Easter money this year. But lovely, lovely couple. So enjoyed meeting them. I have a feeling they will be back as many of those um, students will who've now decided that O'Cala's is the place to be. Um, But they're all involved in equine degrees of some sort. And um, they actually got to meet Magic, the Gentle Carousel Miniature Therapy Horse, on their last day at the Hilton. Um, And that's a group picture there of them all. um, I should say who was left. Some of them had already left at that point. There aren't all 70 of them there. Um, But they actually got to meet Magic and um, hear about the Gentle Carousel Miniature Therapy Horse's story, what they do. Um, where they go. They, of course, are a 501c3 and a wonderful organization that visits 25,000 sick and dying children and adults uh, adults per year, as well as visit a number of disasters, um, whether it's from storms or um, shootings or or whatever it may be. They, um, They take their miniature therapy horses into all sorts of places to meet first responders and people who are hurt and to bring comfort. And magic, of course, is the... Uh, Time magazine hero and AARP hero and the only living top 10 most heroic animal in the history of the world. And of course, magic is a briar model as well. And she was actually inducted into the Equestrian Federation Hall of Fame as well. So it was that's Catherine, of course, Catherine Cerny, who we work with with this event. And, um, you know, getting to meet a Hall of Famer like magic is pretty special. So um, they wrapped up their week. Um, with Magic, and, and really, I think they had an incredible week. I think Catherine said at the end, a week's just not enough. You need about three weeks. And I said, well, you do indeed to see everything horse-related in the horse capital because there's just so much. Um, I want to thank Joe Alberti uh, and Jody Everton. Um, Joe is a champion himself, standing there with a champion. Um, but Joe is indeed a, uh, a winner of so many titles with his Arabian horses he has there um, at Chestnut Hill Arabians. The reception for the ACHA college students um, was here at Chestnut Hill. And I can just tell you, these students jumped in like, wow. They immediately ran to the fence line uh, to, to watch closer <laughs> and actually get a chance to see these, these amazing Arabian horses. And then, of course, they got to go to Bessie Lou which was another amazing experience. They got to see the Pasifinos in action, which was phenomenal. Um, And then, of course, they got an amazing epic visit as well to the Equine Performance Innovative Center to see some of the best um, of the best as far as equine rehab in the world. So it was a great visit. Hopefully I can share some more of those videos with you in the last segment of the show because we just ran out of time. Coming back with Dr. Adam Kayot from Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Stay with us. Thank you.
2: Show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now, or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference.
1: With over 70 years of collective experience in the
4: horse industry, LipChip was built with integrity by horsemen for horsemen. Introducing the chip link system. Powered by Lipchip, where a 15 digit unique ID becomes a key to unlock not only identity, but also health paperwork, owner information, and even photos of each horse. So simple, even
1: a child can do it. The future is here. The future is Lipchip. Enhance your horse's performance fitness, strength, and rehabilitation with state-of-the-art equipment. ETI treadmills offer the finest European engineering, the highest quality filtration, and no chemicals are required. Follow Equine Therapy International on social media or at equinetherapyint.com. Equine Therapy International provides technologically advanced therapy for horses worldwide.
3: I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show and Equus Television here at Peterson-Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care, chatting to our regular weekly vet in person. I uh, have Dr. Adam Kayot here, and we're going to talk a little bit about horses' eyes. Ugh. First of all, Dr. Kayot, they stick out.
5: Yeah, they <laughs> stick out. That's right. Uh, thus, they're prone to injury. Yes. Uh, when, I, when I got into this profession, I never thought in a million years I'd see as many eye problems as I have. Um, I was lucky, I guess, with my horses. I don't ever recall there being an eye problem. I don't ever recall having a corneal ulcer or anything like that. Um, so, but I was lucky, obviously. Um, I see probably an eye issue at least once a week, at least. And it can be as minor as just some conjunctivitis or some irritation, especially down here in Florida with the sand. They get down, they roll in the sand, and they get, you know, their 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 the eyelids and the area around their eye gets gets inflamed and and upset from that to you know a punctured eye, you know, things that are bad, Um, punctured eye, stromal abscesses where they have an actually abscess in the in the interior of the eye. sudden blindness it's it's amazing um how many problems horses can have with their eyes Uh, there can be it it can eye eye issues can manifest themselves from actual physical trauma probably the most common to metabolic issues that that the horse deals with to genetic issues that the horse deals with Um, they can all manifest themselves in different things that we see with problems with the eyes If you see your horse holding its eye closed, not holding it open.
3: It is not winking at you. It is not winking,
5: (laughs) and it is an issue. It needs to be seen by a veterinarian probably within the next 24 hours. It's not necessarily an emergency, obviously, unless there's a stick sticking in it or something like that, or it looks particularly bad. Um, But uh, eye issues can go to heck in a handbasket. you need to be seen. You need to get on top of it. The sooner you get on top of it, the better. Um, better your your chances of a good outcome.
3: Now, is your is your first recommended step is maybe a good clean cloth and wipe it, and first of all, uh, to see what's going on.
5: If you can, yeah. I mean, some of them can be very, yeah, Some of them can be very painful, and they won't let you touch their eye. And, and then, obviously, you know something bad is going on. But certainly, if you can clean the area with a with a wet washcloth or whatever, and use some, you know. Uh, eye wash solution that you might even have at home and try to um, get a better idea of what's going on so that you can tell your veterinarian hey this is what I see that all that information is useful and so certainly if, if you can do that that's a great place to start
3: and usually when you um, when you have an issue and you're trying to figure out what's going on obviously you've got the veterinarian come how does the veterinarian discover what it is like whether it's an ulcer or not or
5: well we try to do as thorough exam as we can Um, typically you know your your regular house you know farm call veterinarians not an ophthalmologist but we have enough in you know enough knowledge to say hey I don't know what this is what's going on I need to refer this to an ophthalmologist but typically we can do a a pretty thorough exam on the eye even just with a bright light I typically just use my cell phone light Um, I don't necessarily have an ophthalmoscope though some veterinarians may have an ophthalmoscope if you do a good good physical exam or exam of the eye um, just visually number one number two i generally put a stain on the cornea so that'll that'll give you some indications are there some lesions there that you might not be able to see with the naked eye and then you just kind of go from there you take how painful is this horse Um, a lot of things you can see you can see cataracts you can see stromal abscesses you can see ulcers if you stain them Um, certainly and if you if the horse is just irritated and there's no stain uptake then you say okay it's probably conjunct conjunctivitis or um, if this tends to if there's no swelling around the conjunctiva then you think um, is there some kind of other inflammation that's going on in the eye um, like moon blindness or something like that um, so um, typically um, um, we can we can gain a lot of information from doing just a just a general physical you know physical exam on the eye with the with the staining and, and that sort of thing probably ninety five percent of them I can treat at home. Um, with, with meds that, that uh, we, we can provide from the truck. Eyes can be labor intensive. Um, typically we end up having to treat these horses four to six times a day, and that goes through the night typically. So um, if you have a bad issue and, and you need to put a catheter in the eye, those horses are being treated throughout the night. So sleep for the owner can be at a premium. um and 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 so um that's why i say get on them early don't just ah he'll be okay tomorrow that kind of thing um because uh, your your chances are are much better and and a better outcome if you jump on these things sooner rather than later
3: now sometimes we unfortunately see one-eyed horses at what point would a horse need to lose its eye if there was a problem and what would cause that
5: well, a couple, I mean, you, it can be caused by trauma, an ulcer that you just can't can't get, you know, I mean, sometimes we lose the battle. It doesn't matter. Um, an ulcer, uh, a stromal abscess. I mean, I tell people, uh, when I get a stromal abscess, which is an abscess in the stromal layer of the eye, there's layers of the eye, it's 50% chance that you save the vision and the eyeball right out the bat. So that's the best percentage you have. Wow. Um, so, uh, if you can't control the pain, if you can't control the the problem or get the problem better, then enucleation is is a viable option. Horses uh, typically deal well with enucleation, um, just because of their eyes, they can see you know fairly far over in front of them with the with the good eye. Um, so so that's that's good. I mean it. it It is a bit of a cosmetic defect that people don't necessarily like, and I totally understand that, but it's better than um, a painful horse and and one that's truly suffering uh, when when you can help that out.
3: And we've certainly seen very successful sport horses in all sports that have lost an eye and still been, Mm -hmm. look at good old Patch who did so well in the racing world.
5: (laughs) That's right, that's right. I mean, uh, the the only sport that I know of that can't compete with two eyes is polo. Polo horses need to have both their eyes. Um, but pretty much dressage, jumping, racing, um, I, I can't think, raining, any of those any of those horses can do uh, uh, just fine with one eye and be very successful. So, um, you know, it's not necessarily the end of any career or anything like that unless you're a polo horse.
3: Now this is a uh, beautiful place to be here in Ocala. We love Marion County, but we do have a lot of sand. And in the summer, And even sometimes in the winter, we have a lot of flies. So I'm sure that plays into us having maybe more eye problems than, for example, in England, I don't remember growing up having any eye problems.
5: <laughs> yeah, Florida is a petri dish for possible <laughs> eye problems. So we have lots of flies which irritate the eyes and the horses then rub in their eyes. We also live in the subtropical climate where molds and fungus and things like that love to grow, which can get in the eyes and cause all kinds of problems. And then we have sand and, and, and that sort of thing. So. Certainly, there are a lot of um, possible insults in this climate um, um, to eyes, and that is probably part of the reason why we, uh, we we see so many problems. But fungal issues are a big issue. Um, those are hard to control. Uh, they get a hold of an eye. Um, it's, it's very hard, very hard to get a control of those, to treat those and, and, and get a positive outcome. Right, absolutely.
3: And then the four to six times a day, that can be tough, but you that's important right
5: absolutely it is it is important because and it is hard it's very hard to have compliance so if if you're an owner and you have somebody that can that can help you that's awesome we do have places that take layups that you know you can pay somebody to do that which you know that might be
3: the easy way
5: (laughs) (laughs) definitely a good option uh for a lot of people and 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 they're they're thankful for that but um it's important to have those medications in at the proper at the proper times with the proper um uh, distance in between yeah got it
3: thank you dr adam Chaot, talking about eyes it's definitely a horse problem louisa barton for the horse talk show Thank to our presenting sponsor, Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care, and Larson Hay, our broadcast and television sponsor, plus supporting sponsors, DAC Vitamins and Minerals, Seminole Feed Stores, Piranha, TT Distributors, and the Hilton Garden Inn, downtown Louisville.
1: <laughs> Horses! <laughs> <laughs> piranha! Oh
2: no! All oh, the humanity!
1: Oh, Piranha.
3: Segment of the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and complete care. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton. We're in the CEP Equine Studios downtown in the horse capital of the world. And we now have a special guest joining us from the Mustang Heritage Foundation. Coming up at the end of the month, we have the Extreme Mustang Makeover. And I'm very excited about that and excited to welcome Anne Sauders to the show with us. Anne, are you with us? I'm with you. Lovely. Thank you for having me. Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. It's fantastic to have you on board with us. Uh, first of all, Thank I want you. to tell you that I am the proud owner of a BLM Mustang, who I adore. And um, I love everything that the Mustang Heritage Foundation does. Big supporter. So If you'll tell our listeners a little bit about this 501C3,
6: how it started, when it started, and why. Okay, well, I'm glad to. And first of all, thank you for being such a great supporter. Um, That that is wonderful. I I can't think of anything better. So thank you so (laughs) much. Um, Mustang Heritage started uh, back in 2007 with our first Extreme Mustang makeover down in Fort Worth. And Extreme Mustang Makeovers are a competition where you apply to be a trainer. And when you get accepted, then you will draw a number. And you go to a BLM facility. They, you give them your number. And then they will draw your horse. So you, with the original makeovers, you did not get to pick. And then you have 100 days to take that wild horse home and gentle it, train it, and bring it back for a competition. So, um, it's really exciting. I, I got to go to the first one in 2007 and watch. And then in 2008, my husband and I competed. And then in 2009, uh, I was blessed to get to go to work for Mustang Heritage Foundation. So, <laughs> and that's great. how it all happened. <laughs> that's how it all happened. It did. That's incredible.
3: <laughs> Tell us about um, the plight of the Mustangs, America's Wild Horses. We actually went to the opening in Wellington a week and a half or so ago uh, of the new movie and it really brought the um, reality of, of what the Mustangs are facing and have been facing. And certainly having adopted one myself on his third strike for $25, knowing that he would have gone into a holding pen for probably the rest of his life if I hadn't adopted him makes me so glad every day that I did. And could if I could take hundreds, I'd take hundreds. And I think if everybody just took one, then we would certainly be in a lot better situation, So, um, or at least everyone that has a, a farm. Uh, so share with us a little bit about the 50,000 plus um, wild horses and burros in holding and kind of what their existence like. I think it's a very serious okay. situation.
6: Well, it is serious. And if you don't care, I'd like to back up even a little farther. Sure. Um, many people don't even know there are wild horses in America. And um, because of the act of 1971 that Wild Horse Annie put in <laughs> that we just celebrated our 50th anniversary, our American Mustangs are protected if they're on government land. And so they're on... 10 states in the west and they are protected on that government land. There's 26.9 million acres that can successfully hold about 29,000 horses. Now successfully holding means being able to feed and water those horses. And right now we have over 86,000 in the wild. So you can see we're incredibly overpopulated and then on top of that every four years they double in size because they do what horses do in the wild and <laughs> so that is where we come in being a foundation off the Bureau of Land Management um, we come in once the B- BLM has gathered them then through our um, innovation with programs and events and education then we try to help uh, Get these into good private homes and responsible homes. And through our programs and our events like the Extreme Mustang Maker, we're coming to Ocala, people get to really see what a wild Mustang can do with just a hundred days. So once they're in the corrals, they are gathered and the BLM splits them into gildings or stallions, which they're all gilded and then mares and they're separated. And then from that is the pool that we pull from to be able to get horses for the makeover. And then if you went to a BLM center, it would be one of those horses that you would be adopting.
3: It's incredible, amazing process and and has to be quite an undertaking and take a village, right?
6: (laughs) It does take a village, you're right. And um, it's not an easy task on um, 26 million acres to be able to try to manage and do it right, especially as you all probably know, the conditions in the West are not good right now as far as water and vegetation. It's extremely hard for some of these horses to um, be able to find food and water. And then they're not the only wildlife out there. Right. There That's are other animals very, out there. Very in the challenging, wild, so. I know.
3: Share with us a it little is. bit on what your thoughts are. Something I wasn't aware of that the movie um, The Mustangs America's Wild Horses made me aware of was some of the groups that are out um, with what I would call a tranquilizer gun, I guess. And they actually shoot Mm -hmm. the mares with a harmless and very well tested for over 30 years that helps to prevent um, them getting pregnant by one of the stallions out there. And it's obviously, it's not 100% foolproof as nothing is, but it's been very successful. For this group of ladies, they shared the story with us in the movie, yes. and I thought that seemed like an amazing alternative to rounding them up and l- allowing them to carry on living, but just reduce, reducing the amount of right. new foals born. Not stopping it, obviously, altogether, but at least reducing yes. it so that the Absolutely. Um, population of horses could be supported by the land.
6: Yes, and... The movie was very um, good about showing that side uh, of these dedicated ladies who really give their life to going out and, and their time and their money, money and energy and everything to go out and dart these mares and did a great job. Um, I'm very grateful for them for all their efforts and mm-hmm. for what they're trying to do for our horses. One thing I want to say is that program, which is successful with what they do. Reminds me a lot of our program, which is very successful with what we do, but the scheme of things is so much bigger. We're just one little tiny speck in trying to help solve this issue we have going on with Wild Horses in America. And so I'm very grateful to them for doing this and giving their time and effort and money and everything involved and and to their families, because as you know, it takes a village. Yes, it does indeed. We have horses. Tell me about when when, you and
3: your husband did the makeover and kind of your experience having a Mustang from the wild. And uh, I've shared with my listeners a lot about Flynn, my Mustang, and how wonderful he is and my experiences with him. Um, Share a little bit about you and your husband's, I guess this was the first time you'd ever done it, right?
6: Yes, it was. And um, when we went in 2007, we were literally blown away. I mean we just were amazed with what they could do with a horse in a hundred days and uh, my husband was a doubter (laughs) and I wanted to go so bad and watch although I will tell you um, most of the people in the Mustang world know this I was not a fan of gathering horses and of the Bureau of Land Management and when I even did the makeover in 2008 I actually was pretty strong in some of these activist groups Trying to fight to keep them free out in the wild, and by the grace of God, I got educated that year when I did it in two thousand eight. Um, a wonderful horseman by the name of Ken McNab, you've probably very well aware of. He has his yes. own TV show and everything. He lives up in Wyoming and had been around mustangs since he was young. <laughs> and he came to me at the makeover and said, "I heard from Dee Dee, his wife." that you are not a fan of this process and what's going on. And Ken sat me down and talked to me for a couple hours about the plight of the American Mustang and what was happening. And I'd never heard things that he was telling me before.
3: I mean, and I can to I you interrupt you. you just for one second? Yeah. We just have to go to commercial break, but if you don't mind staying with us, I've got some more I questions do. for you. So if you'll just stay with us for this break, we're going to come right back with Anne from the Mustang Heritage Foundation. Stay with us on the Horse Talk Show just a couple of minutes. Current equine microchips can migrate by up to 30% causing difficulty when scanning. With over 70 years of collective horse industry experience, Lipchip offers a new, more effective method of microchipping, partnering with veterinarians and technology experts to ensure humane and practical microchipping. Lipchip was built by horsemen for horsemen. Nowadays, the performance horse industry is in need of both integrity and transparency. Lipchip is the future of horse microchipping, with cutting-edge technology functional for every discipline. Find Lipchip on social media and for more information, LipchipLLC.com. The future is here. The future is Lipchip.
2: This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference
3: The Larson family has been farming hay in Idaho for generations with a mission to always provide high quality hay products at a fair and reasonable price. Larson Hay loves to meet new customers while always honoring the ones they already have. Find Larson Hay on the web at larsonhay.com, like them on Facebook, and definitely visit one of their locations. Larson Hay, Idaho's finest alfalfa, and our television broadcast sponsor.
0: Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. (laughs)
1: Have you ever heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this.
0: With your host, Louisa Barton! What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. I'm back in the saddle again. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton! You're fab, you're switched on, you're a bit of alright, yes! <laughs> yeah, baby! Yeah.
3: Back on the second half of the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. We've been talking Mustangs, and we've been chatting with Anne from the Mustang Heritage Foundation. Going to let her finish up where we were when we left off. Anne, thank you for patiently waiting for us. Um, Uh, We've got to share our sponsors. They make it all possible. Yes,
6: (laughs) absolutely. I totally agree. We love our sponsors. So (laughs) anyway, after meeting with Ken and him explaining things to me, and then I learning as much as I can about the process and what had happened, it really changed my insight on horses out in the wild. And, you know, freedom has many meanings and wears many hats. And I just grew up with romantic feeling that being out in the wild of being free was just a wonderful thing. And it would be wonderful if they were in Tennessee or Kentucky with all the lush fruit grass and vegetation, you know, but that's not the case. My Mustang Chicoba came from the Divide Basin and it took 60 acres where he was from to feed one horse. Wow. So education is really important to me. And that's one reason I help head up the education through America's Mustang, through Mustang Heritage Foundation. and. You ask me what it meant to us being part of this and doing it. I will tell you, Louisa, one of the greatest things that's happened. I love horses, and I can tell you love horses, Mm -hmm. and we both love Mustangs. But (laughs) what I didn't realize that we were going to get blessed with is this enormous Mustang community, this Mustang family who will do just about anything for you. I mean, Mm -hmm. amazing people that we have all bonded together, come from different walks of life, different parts of the country around the world all because we have a passion for a piece of our American heritage and that's just pretty cool.
3: It really is and, and you it really is. don't know the impact it has on people until you do some of the things no. that my friend Abby Slavin and I have done which is you know we've had these equine awareness events and expos mm-hmm. and things and we've had the Mustangs involved in them. We even did a horse a this past year and dressed the Mustangs all up in costume yeah. and brought them downtown to people and so that people could meet them and learn their story. And we've taken them, um, equine av- awareness events in the actual downtown to restaurants and to the movie theater and everything and let people touch them. And we've had disabled people in wheelchairs and little tiny children Touching mm-hmm. them and loving on them and going, wow, this is a Mustang, you know, not yes. what they picture because they just think of a wild horse on a on a Western movie yes. or something, you know, or, or with an yes. American uh, Native American, you know, on their back. They don't yes. picture them showing up downtown Ocala. So we've really mm-hmm. done a lot of education with that. We've brought them to our local market here and let people at the market meet them and touch them. And they've just been, I've got some of the most phenomenal photos on my Facebook. Um, I'm happy to send them to you and share them with you. I have yes. Mustangs just walking around, you know, one, yes. like the Christmas before last, we had one in an elf costume walking around <laughs> downtown dressed as an elf. And the people yes. love it, you know, and it,
6: and it's, it's another way of educating. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, I'm in this because of my love for horses. And uh, I I just grew up that young girl in the Midwest that laid on the couch and watched my friend Flicka and Fury and all those Western shows, you know, that we um, got to watch Dale Evans and Roy and all those people riding a Mustang and you dream about things like that. And now that I get to help and be a spokesperson for them and educate people about the America's Mustang and then even on top of that, Lisa, is the greatest thing. I've seen them change people's lives. I mean, indeed, indeed. there's something about earning a wild horse's trust. They don't care who you are. They don't care your address, what kind of car you have, what your titles are. All they care is that you come and do your very best. And there's something about that trust that you build with that Mustang that. Wow. It's There's no words.
3: It's incredible. You you probably don't know my story with my Mustang, but I adopted him sort of by accident. I actually just stopped by to meet the lady at the BLM because I had interviewed her, Mm -hmm. ended up going home with one, and within (laughs) two hours of arrival, he colicked, and he had never been touched. Oh, my goodness. So I very (sighs) quickly had to figure out how to get some banamine in him. Mm -hmm. Anyway, by the next morning... We were sound friends, and I had slept in the round pen in a chair with him. And, yes, ever since then, we've had quite a bond.
6: <laughs> I you have. Yeah. Oh, goodness, sake, Bless your heart. I know that scared you to death. It
3: did. It was quite something, and I was alone, and I couldn't – the vet wasn't answering the phone. that He was on an emergency, so I got through it. And um, by the mm-hmm. time he called me, I said, it's okay. We're all right. <laughs> And he was dealing with a much bigger emergency than my emergency, so it was was okay. But by the next morning, Flynn had a halter on, and I was leading him around, and within a week or two of that, we were at an obstacle course and walking around that, and then within a few months of that, we were on the beach, and he was in the sea up to his withers,
6: and we've done it all. (laughs) So I'm a huge fan. An incredible bond you made with him that night. Yes. Yeah, he's a, he's a
3: really good boy. And I think the Mustangs are amazingly versatile. And I think that's they what are. we want our listeners to know is that if you adopt one, you're going to have a, a sound friend for life. They're very mm-hmm. strong. Um, they come through health challenges much better, in my opinion, yeah. because they are so strong. And I think yes. our listeners should know that they make wonderful, wonderful
6: horses. They do. They absolutely do. I tell people all the time, they're a lot like when we have kids. It's how much time we put in, and the efforts we give,
3: mm-hmm. and
6: uh, they reward that. He he rewarded you that night for sticking with him. He did. He did. Uh, I'm sure it was the coldest
3: night of the year, by the way. It was January, and it of was course. raining, and it was in the high
6: thirties. Oh goodness. <laughs> Bless your heart. Well, I I am blessed because of what I do for Mustang Heritage to get to hear stories like yours all the time. And I never tire of that. I'm sure. I I never tire of that.
3: Well, we're very excited about having the makeover here in Ocala at the end of the month. Can you share with our listeners why they should come and see this?
6: Oh, my goodness. We don't have all day, do we? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's going to be amazing. And actually one of the great about our program is it's absolutely free of charge until the Saturday night finals, which is really reasonable. It's $15 to get in. And where can you go watch a youth from eight to 17 and adults 18 and up to 108 come and work with a horse that had been wild 100 days ago. And, and I will tell you, I can't wait for you all to see our youth, they are our rock stars and they will just totally blow you away. They are, the youth are amazing and great family fun. We have a wonderful booth that will be set up and we have a few vendors and we just can't wait to see you all down there in sunshiny Florida.
3: That's right. That's wonderful. I think it's going to be a very very exciting event. I think it's a wonderful a wonderful way to showcase everything that these Mustangs can mm-hmm. do and then at the end of the event, the horses that are competing are available to be purchased. Is that right?
6: Yes, all the adult horses. Um, the youth get to keep theirs, but the adult horses will all be um, auctioned off. And so, when you come, don't forget to come by the table and get a bidder number.
3: <laughs> so you can bid. You just
6: never know. Do some
3: people choose to bid on their own
6: and yes, keep them? Yes, they do. They do, and. I will tell you, it's a good thing I work for us because I couldn't do any more. That's too hard on me, to work with a horse for a hundred days and bond and then part with it. That is very hard and our, our trainers are amazing and they do a great job. And, but that is one thing that is really hard to do. And I wanna horse.
3: thank you. I can't believe we're at the end of the second segment already. We're gonna put your website up one more time okay. on the screen for our listeners. And and actually, I know we have another segment uh, coming up Mm -hmm. also that we're going to talk a little more. And there it is, mustangheritagefoundation.org and the phone number. And thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I hope I get to meet you soon. I hope you do too. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll be back in just a few minutes on the Horse Talk Show. Stay with us. Thank you to our presenting sponsors of this half of the show, Palm Chevrolet and Larson Hay. Also, thank you to our supporting sponsors, Equine Therapy International, Nirvana Medical Spa, Equine Performance in Innovative Center, and Summit Joint Performance.
0: This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and service hassle-free and easier than ever with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second-to-none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy. Find new roads.
3: Nirvana, Ocala's premier medical spa, is leading the way in great skin with all the newest in treatment options, offering prejuvenation for younger clients and rejuvenation for all ages. Nirvana knows you want to look your very best, but we've all seen people with the telltale signs of too much work. We want you to look like you, just better, brighter and younger, with all the newest and best in technology, and all in the most beautiful surroundings. Like Nirvana Medical Spa on Facebook and find them on the web at nirvanamedicalspa.com. Become a better, brighter and younger you. Piranha, your trusted leader in insect control for 50 years. The official fly spray for World Equestrian Center. From the strongest water-based equine spray in the blue bottle, to the familiar and long-time favorite in the yellow bottle. Wipe and spray, we've got you covered. If you're looking for effective plant-based fly spray, then look for our zero bite in the green bottle. Check us out online at piranhainc.com. That's P-Y-R-A-N-H-A, PiranhaInc.com, to learn more about Piranha's entire family of products. Piranha, it works. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening
2: to the Horse Talk Show.
3: Back on the Horse Talk Show presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. In the CEP studios in downtown Ocala, in the horse capital of the world, we've been talking a little Mustang, and you know how much I love those, having one myself. Now joining us by phone, we have Stormy Mullins from the Mustang Heritage Foundation. Stormy, how are you?
4: Good, thank you, Judy.
3: Thank you so much for joining us, and um, we really appreciate it. We've had Anne on, and we've been chatting to her uh, about the upcoming event, the Extreme Mustang Makeover here in Ocala at the end of April. Stormy, tell us a little bit about you and about the role that you play as the equine director.
4: Well, my role basically is uh, kind of connecting the horses and the trainers with the show. uh, We'll put on three classes. We'll have a trail class, um, maneuvers class, an in-hand class. And then those top ten will uh, go into the finals on Saturday night and each do a three-and-a-half-minute freestyle.
3: Wow. Now, these horses have been with these trainers for 100 days, and when they um, joined up with the trainer, they were absolutely wild off the plains out west correct yes ma'am so the trainers that are selected to do the makeover they have a lot of prior experience with mustangs or with all breeds
4: um they have experience with horses now some of them you know have have done some of our events before uh, some of them might have done a Mustang. I would say the majority of the people, this is their first time to actually train a Mustang.
3: Wow. So, now, so. before you were involved with the Mustang Heritage Foundation, were you aware of the plight of the Mustangs?
4: No, not really. Being from Texas, you know, uh, the state of Texas is like 97, 98 percent. Uh, private owned, so we don't really have public land. Uh, any wild horses that were here, uh, I guess, were domesticated or taken over, you know, 100 years ago.
3: So you didn't have a really big familiarity. What, at what point did you kind of learn about how serious the situation is for the Mustangs, how many of them are actually in holding, and what kind of inspired you to want to be part of this?
4: Well, I was probably already part of it when I learned what their plot was. Um, part of my job would be to go out and uh, do some selection of the horses for a uh, for contest. And at that time, I guess I really realized uh, where the horses were and uh, what they did, you know, out on public lands. Um, really, they're nuisance kind of on on public lands. There's no uh, natural predator, so they have to be uh, controlled, and and that's what the BLM does with their adoptions, you know, uh, try to find homes for these horses.
3: I'm I'm an owner of a Mustang that came from the BLM. Uh, As I was talking to Ann, he was on his third strike, so he was a $25 horse for me, And um, it was quite by accident. I was actually on my way to Lowe's or Home Depot, and I turned around to go back because I remembered that the Southeastern Livestock Pavilion had had an adoption, and I had interviewed the lady that was running the adoption. And I just stopped by to meet her and say hello and see how it went. And that's when I met Flynn and fell in love. And actually, I had a—I don't know if you're familiar with the little European trailer— Uh, that wasn't suitable for a wild Mustang and um, I didn't have a way to get him home and they were 15 minutes from the end of the of the sale and a young lady came up she may be listening Danielle she said well I was going to adopt one today and I didn't find one so would you like me to just take him home for you and she loaded him up well they loaded him up in her open stock trailer and took him to my farm which was only 20 minutes away and we put him in the six foot tall round pen and that's how i ended up being the owner of a mustang one of the best things i ever did
2: that's great
3: <laughs> and he's a wonderful horse a year and a half later he's a real gem he's everybody loves him he's a people horse and uh, as i was telling annie he actually collicked two hours after he arrived at my farm so we got to be friends very quickly because uh, i had to help him so that was uh, my, and a year and a half later, I'm just so glad that, you know, that that happened. <laughs> Not the colic right. part, the adoption part. No. But they are amazing. Right. And I'm sure you see them do a number of different things in the makeover that are quite impressive.
4: Yes, ma'am. And uh, hopefully there'll be uh, a lot, lot more stories like that, you know, when our event's over. Because all the horses will be up for public adoption. Uh, when it's over and uh, they'll all be finding new homes.
3: That's wonderful. Now when the bidding process starts after the makeover, um, obviously people have a bidding number and they can bid, or the person who actually had the horse for 100 days can also bid if they decide they want to keep the horse. What's the highest that you've ever seen a Mustang go through one of those auctions for?
4: I think in several years ago, I think it was in 2018, we had several go for twenty thousand. Wow, mine uh, seems like
3: a real deal at twenty five dollars. Then <laughs> yeah, you
4: know, you, I would have to say you got your. I think you got your money's worth on that deal. So. <laughs>
3: <That's it>. And <laughs> uh, actually, the, but no, the- these,
4: uh, <laughs> with the horse market even being higher than it was then, uh, yeah. you know. I don't know. But I would say average price on these horses is probably close to the $5,000 range.
3: Wow. And actually, you're going to get a horse that's obviously been in the hands of an experienced trainer for 100 days and it's learned enough to compete in the makeover. So quite honestly, it would definitely be worth at least that much money because I've seen lately at regular horse sales, horses going for, as you said, quite big money so getting a horse that's had this wonderful experience would be a blessing
4: right and our trainers also do a good job of kind of con- connecting with the new owners and uh, you know there is there's usually a transition period on these horses because they're kind of used to one person but uh, we've had good luck in the past with our trainers uh, working with the new adopters and uh, sometimes giving lessons or you know, additional training, things like that.
3: That's good, the support, you're right, because the horse came from the wild and only knows the one person, so that support system over to help learn about the horse has got to be very, very helpful for the new owner, I'm sure. Uh, we just saw the opening of the um, the new movie Mustangs, the Wild Horses of America at Wellington um, with Stephen Latham, and I was really impressed with seeing the veterans program that the Mustangs had gone into. So even being in a therapeutic type of program like that was a a win-win all around.
4: Yeah, there's a lot of good veteran programs around the country that are using Mustangs. uh, Really impressive.
3: Um, Share with us a little bit about what we can look forward to seeing at the end of this month in Ocala. Uh,
4: So we, we start on Friday. Like I said, we'll have, we'll have classes on Friday and Saturday. We have you know, an adult show and a youth show. Uh, the youth are just competing for prize money. Uh, they do not, uh, their horses, they've already adopted them. So that's, you know, there won't be any sale for those horses. But hopefully people will come and uh, spend the day Friday watching the classes, talking to the trainer, Uh, And then Saturday morning, we'll have another class. And that afternoon, we'll have time for the people to see the horses kind of in a relaxed atmosphere in the arena and uh, ask questions of the trainers. And our trainers, you know, they they do a good job. They're not wanting to just, you know, sell the horse to anybody. Right. It's a free country. Anybody can buy the horse. But they try to do a good job of uh, kind of matching up. Uh, the people with the horse. And uh, some people don't realize that takes place, but that's an important part of basically making this deal work. Uh, that's wonderful. The right with the right
3: Stormy, I want to thank you so much. We're going to pop the website up one more time and we're going to keep sharing every week with our listeners about the makeover. Uh, And just to get as many people as we can come and and cheer you all along in this wonderful endeavor. Thank you for joining us on the Horse Talk. Thank you very much. Thank you. you will have a good show. Hope to meet you soon. Thank you. We'll be back in just a few minutes. We're going to close out the show with an epic visit, episode one, uh, Tough the Foal. What a great story. We have to share this again. Hope you enjoy. Thank you to our presenting sponsors of this half of the show, Palm Chevrolet and Larson Hay. Also, thank you to our supporting sponsors, Equine Therapy International, Nirvana Medical Spa, Equine Performance in Innovative Center, and Summit Joint Performance.
1: Hi, I'm Alan Davies with Equine Therapy International. Today, we're at Engineered Equine Performance, celebrating the new saltwater chilled treadmill. This particular chilled equine saltwater treadmill is a game changer. As you can see, the finest materials are used, the filtration system, coarse, fine filtration, no chemicals. We use UV, ozone, combination of filtration to keep the highest water chemistry standards. Being a saltwater unit, only the finest stainless steel and materials are used. That's important when it comes to longevity and cost of service over the life of the unit. This unit also has integrated massage jets with fine bubbles and coarse air bubbles for the therapy. The control system on this is Siemens industrial grade, top of the line technology, straight from Germany, but also serviceable here in the US.
0: this show was brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers the largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at
2: TTDistributors.com. This show is brought to you in part by Summit Joint Performance, promoting a healthy, thick synovial fluid, decreasing inflammation in the joints, and improving the cushioning properties of the cartilage pads. All age horses can benefit from Summit Joint Performance.
3: Hey, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to The Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton with The Horse Talk Show here at the farm of Jennifer Ireland. And we have a wonderful story to tell you. Uh, but we're going to start at the beginning. Jennifer is an ER nurse, so this year has been a tough year for her. But what made it even tougher is that tough, was not very well when he was born. But Tuff, who's right behind me, has a great story. So I'm gonna let Jennifer tell us about him, who his sire is, and how important it was to her to save him. Jennifer, thank you for being with us on the show. Uh, Tell us about Tuff.
7: So Tuff is a a quarter horse. He is a son of um, Frenchman's Fabulous. So for those that don't know about barrel racing, he would be the into mischief of barrel racing sires. And uh, I was very happy to have him coming. His mom, this was gonna be his la- her last baby. She was 21 years old when we brought her. And everything was going great until her expected due date. She went over. He, she finally folded at 362 days. Everything was normal. Quick folding up and nursing. Great, you know, fold check. Everything was great. And um, at the time I was traveling to Savannah, Georgia to work. So I would drive up, work three days and come back. So he was at um, Oakton Stallions, Danny Doherty was taking care of him. And she texted me on the third day and said, are you home? And I'm like, oh no, what? She says, well, I don't want you to panic, but he's got diarrhea, but the vet says it's lactose intolerance. I'm like, what's that? (laughs) So I wove over there and he's very lethargic laying. He just lays his head in my lap. And so I'm like, okay, but all of his labs at that point were good. He was a little dehydrated. So at this point he was how old? Just three days old. So that was the day he got sick. So about two days later, he really went downhill. He was quit getting up. He wasn't nursing very much. The vet came back out again. And they said, at this time, he developed this thing called a patent urachus where, the yeah, the uh, urine was coming through his umbilical cord, and then there it was bulging out, so at this point, it was getting infected. He said, he's got to go to the clinic. So we, we took him to the clinic, and I was new to here, so I didn't know anybody, so I just went, you know, with the vet that was using, she was using. And they told me, well, here's the deal, his creatinine levels are really high, but He's dehydrated, so I understand all that stuff because I'm a nurse. You know, well, creat high creatinine levels can indicate kidney failure. So, but she says I think we can fix this, um, and then we need to fix the navel. I said okay, let's get him over the hump. The fluids, the first couple of days, rejuvenated him. He was acting like a normal foal again, playing in the stall, and the creatinine levels went down. And then a couple days later, they started heading back up and they're like, you know, we think that maybe there's urine pulling in his belly. We need to fix this. And we think it'll fix everything. He was kind of unstable, but I said, go ahead and do it. And I was in Savannah, I'm working in the ER, waiting for the call, waiting for the call to see, you know, did he make it through, you know? And she calls, she says, it went great, it went perfect. This should be it, it should fix it. So I came home the next day and when I came home, she called me and said his creatinine levels are climbing no matter what we're doing. It's probably too much. And now he's developed uveitis where, you know, so would probably indicate some sepsis, yeah. which will cause organ failure if it gets bad enough. So started getting aggressive and Um, At this time, you know, because COVID was brand new, they were like, well, we really don't want anybody in here. We don't want to risk. And I'm like, okay, if you make an appointment, you can come in. Well, we were sneaking in, actually, because I wanted to see from my own eyes. She's like, well, he's not getting up anymore. So I went in there and I'd sit. He'd get up and he would keep nursing. I'm like, no matter what, he he just had abdominal surgery. He wasn't getting any pain reliever, but he was quick question had you already named him tough at this point i named him tough <laughs> yes he got this is about the time he earned his name tough because he was still getting up the, she said he wasn't getting up that much but when i would get there and be messing with him he'd get up he'd nurse he wouldn't stay up very long he'd walk around a few times he'd lay back down but he kept he for me he was trying so a couple of days later she says look his creatinine levels are really high now you know normal is less than 2 and he was getting in the 6 and 7 range and and I I knew understood what that means that's that's bad stuff if kidneys don't work your history your
3: medical background certainly helped you with this it right did,
7: It did <laughs> and ultimately helped me change my decision but that's for later and so I went over there and I asked her, I said, what has this baby had for pain? Since he, she goes, well, nothing, we can't give him anything because of his kidneys. I said, there's nothing. I said, because if I had a patient that had abdominal surgery and I didn't give him pain medicine, he's not going to get up or they're not going to want to eat. They're not going to want to get up. So we tried that pain medicine worked great. He got up. It lasted for about 24 hours. She called me again the next day and I went up and I said, okay let's let's do it we'll, we'll go I, I said go ahead and euthanize him and i'll come back and get the mare in a little while so i called danny who is so invested in there she says i you know i birthed that baby i said danny i said i'm, I'm gonna put him to sleep i said I, i'm not gonna let him suffer and she's like no don't let him die in that clinic bring him back to the farm he was born so i said okay so i arranged for creech to come pick me and tough up in the mare and Danny dug a grave over at the farm. This time I think he's 10 or 11 days old. I mean, not quite two weeks. Um, So we load him on the trailer. I rode over them over to the farm with him in the trailer. He laid in my lap in the trailer and I told him that he was going to go to heaven and that, you know, I was really sorry that I couldn't help him and you know, cried my eyes out. And we get over to the farm and he gets off the trailer in the sun and he gets off. And he first thing he does is get off the trailer and he starts nursing. And then he starts wanting to try to run. And at this point, his legs are so weak from because he's laid on the ground for the first two weeks of his life. And he just won't stop it to the point that I told my son who was holding the mare, I said, you have to stop moving her. I said, he's too weak to be moving that much because he kept going and going and going. I'm like, wait a minute, this is not the picture that was painted for me now that he's here. So the on-call vet arrived to euthanize him and we're walking around next to the grave at this point. And Danny is like on the phone with somebody. And I didn't know, she says, you have to talk to this lady. And her name was Krista Setzer. I, she know she I don't know if she's a veterinarian, but she got on the phone. She says, you are a nurse. You understand what these high, at this point his creatinine level was like 8.6. And what would be normal? Less than two. So you know where he is. And he's not maintaining his electrolytes anymore. But she said, "She and this is what she said, I hesitate to euthanize an animal that is still trying. That's still you. And she says, you know what you're up against because you understand it. And I said, what's another 24 hours? Let's try it. And I wanted to, I consulted the veterinarian in Texas that had taken care of the mayor because they came over here and I called Dr. Marsh and he said, I would have had that baby in hyperbaric immediately. I wouldn't have waited this long because I, I, it came into my head. I'm like, I wonder if her hyperbaric would help him. So we stayed up all night, giving him fluids. And trying to get a hold of Dr. Roland who I... Hold, hold that thought, Jennifer. Um, we are going to
3: take a break. Um, the good news is you get the rest of this story on the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton. Episode two of the epic story of tough next week. Thank you for joining us this week. Hope you enjoyed the show. Whether you're in Ocala, Marion County, the horse capital of the world or not, happy horsing around until the same time next week.